0: Welcome to Desi Return Diaries, Embracing Home Again, the podcast that shares personal journeys and expert insights on returning to India. I'm your host, Avinash Pedi, here to guide and inspire you on your Desi Return journey. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Desi Return. Today, I'm really excited to have Nupur on the call. Nupur lived in U.S. for 13 years uh, before moving to India as a part of Retire Early with the financial flexibility, and uh, she has been living in India for almost seven years, and uh, she has worked or helped with NGOs, government uh, agencies, as well as also helping NRIs who are considering to move back to India. I mean, thousands of NRIs uh, who are in this bucket, helping them out. So I'm really looking forward to the show. Uh, There are a lot of insights, a lot of value that we can gain from this episode. Uh, With this, uh, welcome, Nupur, to the show.
1: Thank you for having me, Avinash.
0: Great. Yeah, Nupur, if you can give us a bit of a background, uh, I think that would be very helpful for our audience.
1: Uh, Absolutely. So like many Indians, I moved to the United States to do my master's degree in industrial engineering. I um, went right after college. Uh, once I finished my master's, I got the first job that came into my hand. <laughs> uh, like many Indians do again, uh, because they were sponsoring my H1. Um, after a couple of job chains, I really knew that I wanted to do something more technical. And I finally got into Google. This was way back in 2007. And uh, so that was the start of a, another sort of journey, so to speak, Uh, because uh, that gave me an opportunity to try out different things, travel a lot. I also moved from Atlanta to California. And uh, in California, I got a chance again to, uh, you know, live the American uh, dream, which, or rather let's say the Indian-American dream, which is run at least one marathon, (laughs) run plenty of uh, half marathons, um, uh, travel uh, uh, quite a bit uh, on company money, (laughs) which Indians love to do, (laughs) and uh, I also... um, got a chance to represent the the Indian community by being, um, by leading the ERG, which is an employee resource group of the Indian Googler Network. So as part of that, I used to organize uh, the Google Diwali, which is really huge, uh, like 4,000 people show up for it every year. Um, So I did a lot of things. And then in 2016, I moved back to India. And uh, that is when I got a chance to really, really explore sorry (laughs) Um, so uh, I I was still I transferred with Google I uh, got a chance to work with the government for a bit I also worked on the ground serving villages um, a bit later Uh, I wrote uh, I'm writing my third book now Uh, I have worked with large companies as well as startups and um, I'll tell you a little bit more about those details of Um, how I decided to uh, switch careers uh, from uh, technical into uh, something that is more, uh, let's say, arts driven.
0: That's great. Yeah. Thanks a lot for that uh, uh, high level overview. So just so that I'm following this, um, was the move primarily driven because of the opportunity with Google to explore some of the uh, you know, opportunities here in India or is that, was there intentional? Was there any motivation factor behind the move back to India? If you can, you know, explain it. That no,
1: absolutely not. And, you know, uh, Avinash, uh, I've been working with NRIs for more than seven years. And uh, one of my USPs is that I'm brutally honest. And the thing is that uh, though a lot of NRIs say, oh, I'm coming here for, you know, a better job or better opportunity. The truth is there are a lot of cases Most cases, uh, I would say 99% cases where uh, things are not working out in the United States or wherever they're living. And that's why they move back. And there's nothing wrong with something being wrong. Uh, I did not absolutely move back because there are opportunities here or any such thing. Uh, America was incredibly lonely and it really got to me. Uh, Loneliness is an epidemic amongst uh, not just Americans, but the Indian community that nobody's talking about. And it is sort of swept under the rug, the magnitude and intensity of it is not uh, understood by others. Uh, uh, this happens especially to singles, but also to married couples. Like I've had a lot of clients who've who've spoken about how lonely they feel or in, although they are married. It's like, oh, it's just the four of us, like me, the husband and two kids, and there's nobody else. So uh, this loneliness is a, a factor that really pushed me over the edge. And I thought, you know, I'm living the same life again and again and again and again and again, and again uh, over the same year and something's got to change. So I was sort of, um, I would say, pushed into a corner by myself to make a decision. And uh, the only option I, I felt remaining was, was to move
0: got it so it was an intentional decision and then uh, i think from a career transition wise you have this opportunity to move as an internal transfer within google is that right
1: uh, the latter part is correct though i won't put it as an intentional decision you know it still feels like it still feels like a khichdi. and that's why people are so confused because there is no one event or single thing that is pushing people to book that flight ticket yeah. And because it's a mix of, I, I want to, but I still don't want to, but I have to, and I can, and I m- want, like it's a mix of the wants and shoulds and cans. And uh, so it's very, very hard to say that it was uh, intentional, but it's hard to say it was not intentional either. So yes, it is, uh, it's a, a very nebulous sort of uh, decision to make.
0: Okay, great. Uh, so now that I think you have been living here for seven years, um, especially like working in a technology company and moving into arts I think we can kind of peel it towards that but uh, how has the uh, life been here social life work life uh, just curious if there's anything that you can share on that like you know comparing between US and India uh, uh, in terms of the lifestyle and then the work side yeah
1: Uh, I'll break that down into a few things because each of them there's like a A lot of things we could talk about. Uh, So the first is social life. And, you know, from the viewer's perspective, uh, there's this uh, sense that, uh, you know, social life will get better. But we also have to put into consideration that you're aging. And for people who are over 30, 33, 35, most of your people and friends around you are married uh, with kids. And once they have kids, they don't have time to meet you. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that how life changes. So um, I, I did uh, seem to find friends through my work, uh, but they were, uh, let's just say, um, great work temporary acquaintances. So once I left the company, that sort of withered off, uh, and I, this is not a reflection of who they are as a person or who I am as a person, it's just a matter of, you know, people are busy and cities are big. <laughs> and unless it and unless uh, even if like one of my friends stays literally above me here i hardly get to meet her so it's not like a uh, social life is booming but uh, you your office is going to be your gateway to making a social life i couldn't make friends at google actually it was funny because um the google bangalore office people would just leave by 4:30 and the younger ones uh, those were the married folks and the younger ones were um they had their own group um so they were nice to me but they won't make friends with me uh, and i don't think I, I i so don't see myself hanging around with a 22 year although i don't mind it but yeah uh, there it is it is hard you have to go to classes or places or uh, to and actively make a, a um a, a an effort to meet people. Mm -hmm. Um, Work-wise, it has been very, very hard for me. Uh, I do understand that people are built out of different things. Uh, People have different personalities and their adaptability uh, changes based on who they are as people. For me, I'm very sensitive and observational. That's why I'm an author. (laughs) It really helps uh, for me to write. But when it comes to uh, actually being um, somebody who can take uh, things at work, like take bullets at work or whatever, however you want to put it, it, it's been incredibly hard for me. And it's not just bullets, it's not like somebody's targeting me, it's just the ability to accept that different people work in different ways, talk in different ways, that that has been hard. Uh, and I'll tell you why. where this is coming from. California, uh, especially Google, California, Silicon Valley, has become a bubble where... Uh, They now teach you that everyone else had better behave the way you want them to behave. So all these gender pronouns and all what is it? It is like others have to respect what I want to hear and you you have to talk how I want to hear it. India is the flip. People will say any shit they want to you. (laughs) They'll say whatever they want. You have to manage your own brain and i think this is this is a much better long term philosophy because you you start looking inside yourself and you you're like okay why am i being so sensitive why is my happiness in somebody else's hand and it really helped me grow as a person so although working was was difficult uh, it it changed me for the better i um i have found uh, my sort of, as I say, happy place. Yeah. <laughs> I have found workarounds. Uh, you know, typical things where I've changed. Uh, you know, I've changed. Uh, like I, since I'm senior um, by age, or maybe not by title, uh, some somewhat by title. People are generally nice to me, but I think it gets really rough when you're in your in your twenties. So uh, work and social life are, are these two things. There's a host of a lot of other things I can talk about, but I'll let you prioritize what you think your viewers want to hear.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, again, I think, uh, you know, for uh, someone who is uh, thinking about, you know, moving back, right? I mean, especially for somebody who lived for 13 years and who have been living in India for uh, seven years, there might be certain thoughts or expectations or uh, misconceptions that people might have. I mean, if there are any key areas that you wanted to touch base i think you know the typical things are the work lifestyle the social lifestyle uh you know for family whatever the other reasons could be right if there are any key uh points from your perspective maybe those are typical misconceptions that you might have seen people think about india uh when they're considering to move back i think that definitely would be very helpful
1: yes while living abroad you're lens of India is through Twitter and through news channels and through NDTV and through New York Times, which loves to hate India. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a sense of, uh, so Twitter is a very angry place, right? So there's a sense of, oh my God, India is shocking. There's like discrimination and, uh, and you know people are like this and that. And uh, nris come with a sense of righteousness that, hey, I know the right way of doing things. And I'm so kind and I will teach you how to do things. <laughs> and like this is where. Um, you come and, and it's and people are nice here, right? Like, I've seen a lot of NRIs behave like they're superior. And hey, you know what? At some sense, in some senses, I was like that too. And I, it's not like I was actively behaving superior, it's just a thing that hey, I, I know so much, I know so many wonderful ways of doing things in a much faster way. Let me teach you. And it's like, you know, all this, uh, what you're coming as an NRI with n- may not necessarily fit into uh, what is needed in India. And I'll give you an example. So many, uh, <laughs> every single time I write about my maid on online, uh, I have a lot of followers on LinkedIn. Someone corrects me and saying it's not maid, it's house help. <laughs> okay, and I can understand because I was that person when I was sitting in California. California is incredibly left cleaning, right? So it's like, no, 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 you better call her house help. But here's the thing after being in India and like sort of the, I'll use the word dealing with, with housemaids or house helps or whatever you want to call them, uh, they own you. <laughs> And it's not like they're bicharis and it's not like you're uh, you know exploiting them. you are um, giving them a means of uh, employment that is respectful. Uh, you're allowing them into your home you're being nice to them. You're, you're laughing and joking. they're a part of your family. And they don't care if you call them maid or house help. They care about the money. <laughs> they care about the respect. <laughs> so as an NRI, when you're when you're coming to India, you're like, oh, I'm going to do things American way. I'm going to pay my maid more. I'm going to pay per hour more. I'm going to give extra money. Uh, in, in the long term, you'll find that that doesn't really work. You have to sort of adjust to become so, quote unquote, Indian. And uh, even if that sounds horrifying right now, you will surprise yourself. So what this means is that when when an nri moves into india he, they have to be really open to the indian ways of doing things and study and understand it instead of coming with a sort of righteousness and that anger that uh, no yeah. i know the right way to do it and it is house help and not made. <laughs> yeah so 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 that's one thing and the second part is you know the the recreation of the us or, or uh, foreign life in india um everyone wants it i wanted it uh, but you basically your it's I, I would say it's an iterative process and it's also uh, you know uh, there's this uh, sine wave or curve that dampens you know we used to do that in, in yeah. <laughs> so that that's going to dampen over time and you're slowly going to start integrating what is really working for you to to live in india and it's not a it's not scary like people come with this so much fear this so much like uh anxiety that uh, what what if it doesn't work out no no what is it's not like it doesn't work out you have to make it work out
0: yeah for sure
1: <laughs> so yeah i think these are the two things that that uh, nris need to watch
0: out for. No, I mean, those are two big things, right? I think, you know, you can't change the culture. I mean, I think you, if you made a decision to be part of it, I think you need to adapt or, you know, embrace it. I mean, I think the end of the day and live with it. Uh, so maybe switching gears a little bit, I know there are, you know, few important topics that I would love to, you know, uh, get your insights. Uh, the first one, I think you said kind of moving from a technology to an art. So that's a big transition. So, what made you to transition into that? Uh, like you know, writing books or you know working with the NGOs. Uh, anything that you can share on that that would be helpful. Uh, just uh, yeah.
1: So this is very helpful for people who are who are yearning for doing something else and they're confused about uh, what they're getting out of life while doing their jobs. And this, I think, is a very large population of Indians. Ah, uh, feel this way because almost all of us are boxed into engineering. Or um, I'm I'm guessing most of the viewers are engineering. It's like you either become an engineer or doctor or nothing else. Now, um, I would say that there is some higher power involved because uh, there was a there was a time uh, when I was in California. I suddenly stopped being interested in tech. I was like, I, I was a spreadsheet girl, and I was like, you know what? This is solved problem. Give me something else. And I slowly found that I was um, uh, starting to get uh, explore my creative side. So I started doing food photography. This is many years ago. It's 13, 14 years ago from today. I started doing food photography. That led to me writing blog posts. And those blog posts started becoming funny. My friends would read them and they would laugh and they would ask for more. So slowly, slowly I kept writing. Then it became a thing for me to keep writing. And I literally had people. One guy in Google, he wandered about finding my desk uh, (laughs) in office and found me and came to me and said, "Nopo, you need to write a book." (laughs) (laughs) I was like, "Wow, okay." So uh, I continued. I was, I was by then, I was a technical program manager and went network operations. Uh, And uh, when I moved to India. Uh, I saw the floodgates open that I can try anything. Oh my god, I have no visa restrictions. Um, you know, I have so much help here. So I decided to do product of food photography. After doing three or four paid clients, actually, one paid client and two uh, two clients that I was trying to convince, I realized India is a very cost-sensitive market. And the the amount of effort I put into food photography. And the perfectionism is not appreciated. It's like, eh, whatever. So I very quickly figured that from all the hundred things that I wanted to do, I started to eliminate things. And this Indi- in this India really helped me. Why? Because I was able to leave my job, sit at home and explore. And when you're just exploring a certain thing, then you start thinking in a very different way. You start thinking about the business angle, the money angle. So I eliminated food photography, um, so many other things, and then I got an opportunity to write my first book. Uh, then I uh, I still was still doing things on the ground. I, I worked for a small startup. Uh, then I wrote my second book. Uh, then I COVID hit. I was uh, I decided like let's get a full time job, uh, and I worked for that company for two and a half years. And uh, then I was like, oh, let's retire so that I can write books full time. <laughs> and by this time, I'm, I'm, this is my third, my, th- starting my third book, right? By this time, I'm like, yeah, I want to be an author. I've explored enough. I know I want to switch careers and I'm ready for it. Let's do it. Let's sit at home and write a book. And uh, you know what, Avinash, I, I quit my job on Friday. Yeah. It was, uh, I think, 5th August. Monday, 8th August, the plan was go to co working spaces in Bangalore and make friends there and write my book. 8th evening, I was bawling. I was crying so much, so much. And the next day, also, I was crying. Third day, I like this is not panning out the way I thought. I thought I'll go to co working spaces and make friends. Uh, and uh, I slowly raised this idea of uh, retiring and just sitting at home and <laughs> doing what I love is. Is feels so different from what it sounds like on paper. And, and what this means for the audience is when you're thinking of retiring and you're like, oh, I'm going to do pottery mate- making, I would suggest do try it out, but be open to coming back to the workforce. So uh, since then, I've decided that it's best for me as a, as a person, and I'm not saying this is a cookie cutter for everybody, a formula for everyone. As a person, I'm an extrovert, I need people around me. And so for me, having a full-time job is much much it keeps me happy let's put it that way so this this has been a transition it was not without uh it was not linear right like I'm saying it in a way that is uh it's it smooth but the, the it was never a confusion of if I should do this or not yeah. it, like, it was never there and, and for readers who are like you know I know I want to do whatever pottery making <laughs> or photography um that 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 it comes from your gut and uh, it's it's so solid you know you want to do it the the only thing is um the the i really needed some mentorship on figuring out how to manage my thinking around this so thinking around money thinking around handling people um finding the job that really makes me feel comfortable so that i can uh, pursue all of this so there's a lot of uh, not planning but a lot of um Uh, ups and downs and a lot of kitsch, kitsch, kitsch that goes on before you actually settle into something that works for you.
0: Yeah. I I think you kind of touched about this. I think, uh, you know, how quickly it changed, but curious. I mean, again, if you are comfortable only like, you know, please share. So when you made the decision about retiring early, like, you know, following your heart and, you know, not working for money, just working what you really believe in, Like, was there any, from uh, from a financial perspective, anything that you can share? Like, is there something that you looked into? Yes, this makes sense. And so ready for, uh, you know, leaving a full-time job and just going with, uh, you know, retiring early. Like, is there anything uh, on from that perspective that if you're comfortable, you know, uh, would love to uh, get some insights there because that's something that always a question from, you know, some of the listeners and, you know, their perspective that they would always be interested in.
1: So, thousand percent of my men, male clients ask this question, okay. and zero percent of my female clients. <laughs> I have had zero female clients come and say, "Hey, uh, I want to check my investment portfolio. How much money do I need to retire?" Zero, 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 zero. <laughs> and I have had more than thousand, thousand, like, uh, thousand people in person and off on on email, like even more than that. So it's it sounds like a very guy thing. <laughs> And it's not wrong. I'm just saying it's it's very different, uh, and especially a married man with kids is something who will be interested in what what should my portfolio looks look like. I didn't look at it because th- these decisions are so overwhelming, and you can't stand being in that uh, that position anymore. That it's like you know, even if you have nothing in your bank, I'm still taking the plunge. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it just uh, I mean...
1: figure it out. And, and you know, this is what I wanted. Uh, I'm so glad you brought that up because I, I want to give a very different answer to this, especially to Indians who are saving and saving and saving to do what? What? Like sit on your rocking chair when you're old and then look at your bank? spend it now like nris are so incredibly confused. it's not even funny i i'm i'm seeing that day in and day out i'm seeing the decisions that nris are making based on uh, you know like a five dollar coffee to um saving for um living in some apartment uh, like why just spend the money on yourself and live your life because you are going to die with money in your bank so, so, uh, I would say like, do, yeah, do, uh, look at your investment portfolio, but that's the beauty of India is that you can survive without money.
0: Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> uh, that reminds me a book, uh, I think it's called uh, zero, uh, die with zero. So I think the idea <laughs> behind it is not to leave the money, uh, in the bank, right? Even if it's inheritance, I mean, you already made a decision to decide on it, but, it's enjoy their life, I think, instead of like, you know, uh, sitting on the money. But anyway, just yeah, that just...
1: Absolutely. And see, you know, the perception of your friends around you, uh, I'll give you one example. I have a friend who's incredibly rich. He is doing really, really well. Like, I'm not even going like, you know, maybe say, say Amazon, May he's a big shot or something like that. And uh, I was talking to another person in India, actually, a client of mine, and he was like, I know this guy. I was like, oh, there's a friend of mine. And you know what is the only thing he said about him? Not that he had achieved so much. He said, wo maha sa hai. <laughs> Literally, whoever's listening to this, if you are being stingy with money even once, that's all people are going to remember. So I, I would say, please live your American or wherever foreign life with a little bit of flow from your wallet. Okay. Let your wallet money flow. <laughs> spend on yourself, spend on clothes, spend on grooming um i'm actually going to bring this i've already brought this conduce topic up in my book back home and i'm writing my third book right that's for single NRI, so i have a little bit of that in it, in it as well
0: great awesome. so uh yeah thanks i mean so let's uh, talk a little bit about your books like you know what's the uh you know the three books uh, that you mentioned like you know what's the main theme if you can share a little bit of uh, information i think that would be helpful uh yeah
1: Sure. My first book was exploratory for me. Uh, I made it fictional because I didn't have the guts to write it <laughs> in person. It was right, It was about um, my experience in, in the semi-government, not government. Government was actually great to work with, surprisingly. Mm. Okay. <laughs> because there's a lot of clean hierarchy. It's like, you have to listen to this person. And the, uh, you work with IS folk, folks, right? They're very, 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 very smart. So you're working with incredibly intelligent people. But in the semi-government, I had some interesting experiences which I've fictionalized and put in my first book. It's not my intention to to market that book. It's just something I did for myself. Yeah. The second book back home uh, is for NRIs who are confused about the about moving to India. It's again it's nonfiction. Uh, I'm I write nonfiction better than fiction. Um, it's a guide as, and it's a fast read. So people have, uh, it's got great reviews on Amazon, people love it, it's funny, it's fast, it's interesting. So I would highly recommend people to read it, even if you're not looking to, uh, not even confused. It'll help you understand, um, you know, those little nuances in India that uh, I had to adjust to. Uh, For example, I've spoken about how people don't keep the door open here in India. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and how like many times it slammed in my face and i've got so angry i mean not at them but in my head i'm like yeah what is this why did i come back to india and all of that but yeah you get used to it now this third book i'm going to call it alone abroad and it is for single nris and all the frustrations and the difficulties that they they are facing as single people and the the pressure of marriage uh the societal pressure of of getting married and dating, uh, for especially for NRIs is very nuanced. Um, I'm not saying that Indians in India don't face this, but it is specifically harder for for Indians abroad. I've, I've I'm spoke speaking about loneliness and uh, and uh, how to deal with friends and jealousy and. <laughs> um you know the t- time pressure of getting married like in Indian in culture when once you're 30 you you and you're not married you might as well go die somewhere you know like people are just like you're off you're off the planet uh you don't exist anymore so so these type of things I want to address because I really feel like these topics are not spoken about in the Indian community especially the NRI community and um I, I even explore like will we moving to India really help um, uh, solve this problem because i have plenty of clients in their mid-30s uh, living abroad who are like i am so fed up of dating here of being single here i think i want to move to india i'll be able to meet more women there or meet more men and so i want to discuss that topic a little bit
0: no yeah thanks for sharing the information so we will leave the links uh, to these uh, books uh, so that people can check it out and uh, you know, and definitely very relevant to the audience here. Uh, with that said, uh, I know you have helped and you also currently help a lot of NRIs uh, who are concerned to move back. Maybe uh, you can talk a little bit about that services, like you know, what you do or what you offer and how it works so that people have an understanding on that.
1: Absolutely. So uh, when I started out, I I, uh, I was always writing about my experiences, and I found that it resonated very well with uh, with um, Indians abroad. And I felt like getting some. Uh, I realized that getting some structure around this is very helpful. So um, for me, uh, as of now, I have uh, I have my book that people can read and help them uh, get a better sense of what this move is about. Um, I offer consulting sessions so somebody can book a uh, one-on-one with me, with uh, themselves or for the married folks with their spouse. And um, in one session, I kind of give high-level pointers on on what to expect, what not to expect and what um, kind of um, help them piece through uh, uh, their decisions and make, uh, make a better decision or eliminate certain types of decisions. Uh, and also, uh, since I have worked with so many people, I also have aggregated information about what works and what doesn't work based on that particular person's uh, questions and uh, the the situation that they are in. Um, So that uh, that has been incredibly, that is incredibly helpful for people. And again, uh, my approach is brutal honesty, and, uh, you know, I mean, I don't sell India to people, so I do know there are other people who also help NRIs and they come from the lens of the uh, reverse brain drain. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but my my philosophy is that you do what is best for you in this phase of your life. And uh, so I, and I help a, a range of people, I help uh, students. Um, uh, and um, uh, people in their singles in their mid-20s I help them also around lifestyle design how to <coughs> live a better life while abroad uh, m- many clients are you know the couple with two kids or uh, the fighting couple <laughs> the most in- interesting in a, in a sort of sad way where one couple wants to move to India and the other one doesn't so I've helped sort of quote-unquote convince uh, the other side or at least help one person see the other person's point of view and I've even seen uh, people um, you know whose kids have gone to college and they are like you know what I want to you know say go back to Baroda and retire in my hometown so what do I do so I've seen uh, a whole range of of people of different circumstances and and um, situations.
0: Okay, yeah, great. I mean, I'm sure I think it you now it's always good to have that sounding board and somebody who has seen these different scenarios and provide uh, a feedback and guiding uh, uh, in terms of the journey so that they can make the right decision. Um, so is there any topic that we haven't covered that you would like to uh, you know bring up and uh, make sure that the audience are aware of it?
1: Uh, there are many things that we could talk about, but I, I really feel that, you know, um, just understanding that your life is going to change by a magnitude uh, is, is is important to know and to be ready that um, things are really going to change exponentially um, when, you, when you make this move. Uh, one example that I, I do give is fitness because I was crazy about fitness in the, the US and you know how a California is like, you can do so much. Everybody's into fitness. They're like, everyone's running a marathon or something like that. And after being that, you know, girl who goes to the gym nine days a week, seriously, nine days a week, uh, here I'm going zero days a week. And I've tried so many ways, different gyms and ways of uh, staying fit. And that really has not, I've not been able to get back into those fitness levels as abroad. And um, it's something that I've learned to accept, but it's really, um, you know, it's it's hard to, <clears throat> to uh, to digest that um some things may just not be the same and and for me i've found a work around that so for example fitness related right like the gyms here especially for women your experience of india as a man versus a woman is going to be different um as a woman what i found when i go to s- many gyms the the trainers come and give gyan india men people love to give gyan so you have to navigate and I've been very nice but uh, they, they come and they start showing you and I've done weight training for eight years right so it's it's almost like I know even more than a trainer uh, but they look at you and they judge by your looks to see whether you know or not and it gets very annoying so one of my friend my local friend taught me that when you go to the gym you have to act like you know everything and you have to show off a lot you have to be like I have learned in US and I've done this and done that, and that way they'll stay away from you. Um, I can't do that. Like I can't. Uh, that's not me as a person. But you, you see how how hard it's been to to sort of navigate. And I've actually left gyms because the trainer wouldn't leave me alone. They would just keep tokoing in between. It was just super annoying. Uh, so for me, uh, you know, I've yet to find that um, that gym where I'm feeling comfortable and it's close enough. Uh, it took me six years to find a good apartment. Housing in India is non-standard and it's it's not up to the mark. There's so many things that you could just sit and complain about. But I would certainly say that mental health is the topmost winner here. Uh, just having people around, um, the support. Uh, Like, even uh, you know, right now, as I'm speaking, it's it's 8 9 a.m. in the morning, my maid is here. So, first, I get to see people like, there's the watchman downstairs, they talk to me. I think that the people in India are just so warm and friendly, and that just makes up for all of this. Like, I understand, I just spoke about a trainer doing, giving kyan, but he's also coming from a place of friendliness. So if you want to talk to someone, this trainer will happily give you kyan. It's just that I don't want it in that particular situation. But yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, you come here for the people uh, to in India. And of course, the, the land is beautiful. Like, uh, you know, at the end of the day, whatever falls India has, it's still, it's still uh, our, our home. Yeah. But
0: you sure. know yeah. no,, so, uh, thanks for that. um uh, I know I think the last one is uh is there any advice um that you would suggest or give for uh, people who are considering about I mean, again, as you said, uh, it's not for India or not, but it's it's an important tool for them to kind of make a decision in one way or the other when I say decision, again, it's not an easy decision. There's a lot of convolutions and all this stuff, but uh, from your perspective, any advice uh, or any suggestion for uh, future aspirants that who are considering to move?
1: Yeah, the first thing is throw that spreadsheet out. <laughs> Especially goes for guys who are like huddled over a spreadsheet and be like, how is this going to work? Throw that spreadsheet out because at the end of the, this is going to be a gut decision. It's going to be an emotional uh, sort of decision. Uh, ask yourself when I'm 90 years old and I look back, what is the one thing I'm going to regret? not doing and if that answer is not moving to india then then make that move but if that doesn't bubble up as your answer then maybe you have to think a little No. Oh. <laughs> and the second thing is please 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 spend the money please ask you know ask hundred thousand dollar questions ask fifty thousand feet view questions and not questions like um questions that you can google like can i get my cat to india or well, i i call these the samsung tv questions where people are like oh can i ship my samsung tv like who cares you know <laughs> like buy a new one here it's just like it's just a, a, a lack or so like ask yourself bigger questions uh lead a better life and spend money and just uh, be uh, a rise above all of this i think the indian community has to uplift itself by asking hundred thousand dollar questions and not you know five dollar questions or five hundred dollar questions and and ask yourself what that means ask yourself what are the questions i'm looking at today that are five dollar questions five hundred dollar questions yes. uh, i can't give an example you 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 know what like a, like a samsung tv is a five hundred dollar question <laughs> so i i feel like uh, i i implore the indian community to uplift itself to look at things from a bigger picture be not be penny wise and pound foolish and 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 enjoy life like literally life is meant to be lived it's not meant to be you know um yeah sure do your spreadsheet but then don't live by it yeah <laughs> yeah
0: cool uh i think i uh, know it's definitely a Personality, right? I mean, some people are very analytical, uh, but it's also important to take the gut feel and something that you don't want to regret. I think that's the key thing. You just have to, uh, you know, go with that and uh, make sure you uh, you make uh, a decision, whatever it is. I think you know, so that you don't regret in the life later. Uh, So thank you very much, uh, you know, for all uh, your time and uh, you know insights uh, from your journey and speaking to lot of NRIs uh, who are considering to move. And uh, by the way, audience, I think, uh, you know, Nupur and I have been talking about, um, you know, probably like having a, a webinar uh, in the near future. So where she can uh, distill some of the information that she has, uh, you know, uh, summarized, you know, talking to so many different uh, NRIs uh, so that, you know, people are aware of the different things to consider uh, before they move or the things that they can uh, decide Uh, before the move so more info to come uh, but just want to give a sneak peek or give a heads up on that Uh, with that thank you very much for your time and really appreciate you taking an opportunity and speaking to our audience here thank you
1: so much Avinash